Hey everyone, I'm Natalie Marcatulio and I'm the head of growth at Nevatic and I'm going to talk to you about how we got our MQL to operate to consistently be around 50 to 60% with interactive content on our website. So for us, an MQL is anyone who raises their hand, says they want to talk to sales, and we do our best to pre-qualify our MQLs and make sure they know what they're signing up for before a live sales call by adding interactive demo content directly to the homepage of our website. This means any website visitor can play around with our product without necessarily needing to give their information first and get a feel for what we do. And our interactive demo also has about like a 50% click-through rate to the book a demo page. So showing that most of the users who do go through it are ready to maybe go to that next step, jump on a live call. And since interactive demos are all no code, I set it up all myself as the marketing team. I just need a little help from my website team to get it up and embedded. So this can really work for any SaaS marketer just looking to show a little bit more of their product on their website to help with MQL to op opportunity rate. If that resonates with you, listen along. Also, check out our other episodes. You're listening to TNDR, the B2B SaaS growth podcast brought to you by Spear Growth. The goal of the podcast is to enable you, our listeners, to generate an additional $100,000 in cumulative pipeline by May 2024. To do this, we bring people who have made a real impact in their companies. They cut through the fluff and dive deep into one tactic or strategy of theirs. I'm your host, Ishan. Let's generate pipeline. Hey, Natalie. Uh, it, it's always great speaking with you. I, I think we last spoke on a live as well. And we've done so many of these. So I, I really enjoy speaking with you every single time and I really appreciate you coming here. Yeah, I was going to say, what is this like talk number five, Ishan? I feel like we've both done some things for each other. So I'm just glad every like we have a cadence of every so often get to do these. Oh, yeah. And it's always been it's always a lot of fun, more than just informative. It's always, always fun. Awesome. That's, <laughs> so, that's uh, my goal. Love it. So uh, for, for the people who don't know you, like, what do you do at Navatic? Uh, and I know that uh, I think the things that you've done has also recent or are going to be doing has recently changed. So just a bit of context there and then we'll jump right into the topic. Yeah. So at Navatic, I lead our growth and marketing. So really basically everything from, you know, brand awareness, thought leadership to more conversion activities like website optimization or just trying to optimize throughout the entire funnel. Not surprisingly, a lot of what I do involves using interactive demos. That's what we do at Nevatic. So I try to like, I'm going to say dog food, drink your own champagne, however you want to call it, our product as much as possible within our actual marketing cycle. Awesome. So um, just, let's just dive into it, right? So you've mentioned that you use your website to optimize the MQL2 opportunity rate uh, with interactive content. Can you break down what that actually looks like in more specific details? Like what was interactive? Where was it interactive? And then how is it related to MQL and Ops? Just like just going into the details of what it was to paint a better picture in the listeners' minds. Yeah, and if you go to our website, you can see it, but if, essentially it's right below the fold. Um, if you hit like the try a demo button, it just is, it's only like, eight steps. And we, we found from our own internal data to really keep these interactive content as short as possible, eight to 15 steps, and just a very high level overview of some of the aha moments of what our product does. But it's not necessarily like a video where, you know, you are kind of passively watching and there's some, maybe some of the product, maybe a little bit of filler in between it. It really is just feeling like you're in the product going through step by step. 
so that you kind of have an idea of like, oh, this is what the UI looks like. This is what this would, this action within their product would look like. And you're like, okay, I understand what I'm signing up for. Understood. Uh, and you've mentioned that you, like there, it was a pretty significant increase in MKL to operate. Uh, like what, what was it before and after, like, can you maybe just, uh, drop clear picture on that as well? Yeah. And we always had a demo on our website, but we used to have it gated. We used to have a little below the fold. Like this is the most prominent it's ever been. And before we had lifted it up, it was covering around like 30 to 40%, which was still pretty good. And I think part of it is because our MQL, like I said, is a really high threshold. It is someone who literally books a demo. We don't have any other gated content on our website at this point. So there's no other way to measure an MQL. But we wanted to make sure that almost anyone who does book a demo or someone who does talk to our sales team has an opportunity to see that interactive content, which is why we decided to ungate and make it as high up as possible. Understood. So uh, two questions. So one, you've just sort of, you had an interactive uh, demo earlier as well. And now you just ungated it. Yeah, exactly. And made it higher up on the page. So did that make more people go through it? Uh, obviously it did, but then did more of those folks sign up, did less sign up because, and the reason why I'm asking that specific is in most companies that we work with, usually to increase MQL to opportunity rate, you have to increase the quality of the MQLs. Uh, so how did some a, a change like, and that's usually more of, hey, where are you sourcing the MQLs from? Who's coming to the page and, and things like that. So how did this change increase and MQL to operate in my head, did you disqualify more folks? Do you have a thesis on like what happened? Yeah, I think my theory is we didn't see a crazy amount of increase or decrease as far as like the number of leads. We did see a little bit decrease once we ungated it. So probably people who maybe saw the gate up front said, you know, I'm good. If I have to put in my email, I might as well just book a live demo anyways. And then they got on the call and then we're like, oh, actually, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking. Whereas if I ungating it, we did see a slight, slight decrease in the number of leads we were getting, but we did see a majority. I don't have the numbers as far as how many used to go through the demo versus now, but we did just see an increase of awareness of people for what they were signing up for. Yeah. And I think even, so one thing that we've discussed this earlier, like a lot of times as well, but there's a lot of value in people seeing it who did not sign up for a demo as well because earlier if it was gated few people are seeing it and isn't that like the best thing for anyone to go through like your own product and experiencing it so i think there's a lot of value there so and you know we're not even talking about that we're just purely talking about how it you it's sort of really uh your funnel itself is more efficient now sales is spending less time on stuff like this. And at the same time, there's definitely some value, which is hard to measure, but on people who just saw it, went through it. And do you know how many people went? I know you, you probably have some data around how many people more are seeing the demo now versus they were seeing earlier, seeing the product essentially. Yeah. Right now we see about like 30 to 40% of our website visitors will go through the demo. Really? 30, 30%. Well, okay. Sometimes some months on the higher end, like 40. Um, and like I said, it's, it's right there. And it's also in other parts of the website, like it's kind of in your face kind of, and our website is also, I'd say like minimalistic. So the goal was that 
you really kind of had not had to go through the demo, but it was a major mm -hmm. highlight of the website. Um, I think in the past is a little closer to like 20 to 30% of leads would go through with the gate. And we, but we've also seen now that I think I mentioned this in the intro, but 50% of people who go through the demo will then go to the book a demo page. So at least they're going into the next step. And that doesn't mean they're going to book a demo, but enough people are interested to say like, Hey, at least let me like get to that next step. Yeah. And I think that's a, one interesting thing for me here is that let's say if you take an, an, a website without an interactive demo at all. Um, let's say there's a 5% conversion rate on the page to a demo call. And then the first call is very often more of a discovery. And then there's a drop off before from a demo book to a discovery and discovery to a demo. There's another drop off layer. So even if a lot of people who are not in your ICP have seen the, the product now, a lot of lot more people in your ICP have just been have seen the product, which I, I'm sure has a lot of value in itself. Just like people being able to see it, because it's it's um, if you've read about it or heard about something, is it's a very different thing than if you've experienced it. And I'm sure a lot of those folks would maybe come back later on and just schedule a demo. Is there a way to maybe track that, attribute that at all as of now? We can track, now that it's ungated, we can track what accounts go through it. And we're all running actually a retargeting campaign right now where any account that goes to the demo within our ICP are good fits. We're retargeting on LinkedIn with hot leadership ads right now. And so far, I don't have the number as far as conversion rate off the top of my head. But we've run that for about 45 days and we've seen 2x ROI as far as just one. We've seen four one opportunities from it and like 10x ROI from Pipeline. So it's, I mean, in my mind, it's like these are people who are literally going through your product. They have seen the full thing. It's not surprising that this was a high converting campaign, but it's, it, at least for me, it was such a higher piece of intent than any other intent I had before. Cause it's like, oh, they've yeah. literally seen the product. I know that they are interested. Yeah, and everything, every number that you say is so surprising, but then it's also obvious at the same time because, oh, people are on, on your website to know about the product and they saw the product and I'm surprised, but I shouldn't be. And then, you know, they've seen the product and now they're converting. And again, I'm surprised again because the campaign performed so well, but it's kind of obvious. It's very interesting in that sense. It's, it's, it's a little tricky to think through. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny I preface that because I have to think of it a little different than like an ABM campaign that's entirely outbound where it's like they've never seen your product or know it. But at least for us, like we have a pretty small ad spend. So knowing of like, okay, at least for now, we're going to focus all our ad spend and companies we really know are interested in our product, maybe just need that final push um, versus companies that might take a little longer to warm up. And there's a lot of value in that too, but just at this time as we're trying to optimize spend. Sure. So uh, let's actually go into the implementation aspect, I guess. Right. So can you walk us through the entire tech stack, the people involved and the time involved and just like more from a timeline perspective that I, this, at this time, this is what this person did and implemented this tech in that format. Just can you walk us through that entire process? Yeah, we decided to change up last year, our demo from ungated to gated. And I'll start from the beginning. I mean, we've always had a demo on our home site, on, but for me, I went through the process of redesigning the demo, cutting it down, making it shorter, making sure we were focusing on those aha moments. That probably took 
redesigning like a week or so to lay it out, get feedback, uh, making sure everyone was aligned with what we were showing, asking the sales team. And then if we probably like a day of building, just really yeah. optimizing like the actual quick building process to probably like 30 minutes to an hour and then getting again, feedback on it, making tweaks. Like I always say the easy part right. is building the demo. The hard part is really yeah. making it pop. Um, and then implementing on the website, similar to like adding a video to the website. Mm -hmm. So it depends on your website builder and team. We have like a home coded website. So I handed it off to the website team and said, okay, let's add this in. And that took, I'm trying to think. I mean, Probably that was basically part of the entire implementation redo, but yeah. it's similar, like I said, to adding like a video. Yeah. And is, is that it? Or like that, that's the first time when you sort of got it and how do you gate, ungate, or what does that flow to a demo? Like, how does that all link? Because where, where do people book the demo? How does that, how do you implement that piece of it? Yeah. So we have like a native form. So we just remove the form. So that took like a second um, to add in or remove a form, which is pretty nice on my end that didn't have to like worry about adding in a third party form or anything like that. And then at the end of the demo, we have just like a CTA that says, you know, ready to hop on a live call and then links out to the book a demo page. And we have UTM track on that. So we can see that's how we know that 50% of people who go through the demo ultimately land on the book a demo page. Um, one thing that also helped is we added in this little like CTA banner. So the entire time when you're going through the demo, there's an option like, okay, are you ready for a live demo? You can go and convert now. Interesting. So the lo the longest part of this entire project is trying to figure out, okay, what exactly should the different screens and basically storyboarding the demo is what took the longest. And then maybe looking at analytics and then redoing the demo is the second thing that again, because of the same reason takes the most amount of time. The rest of the implementation seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. We always hear from our customers that it's not the hard part isn't building it the hard part is sh deciding what to show and yeah. what to highlight and also getting alignment on it which is why we really recommend and i probably skipped this step like try to lay it all out as much as possible mm -hmm. storyboard out and get approval then versus after you built it and and from a pure cost perspective uh, was there anything at all apart from novatic itself not from apart from Nevada because we don't have, like I said, we have a home coded website. I guess you could say the hours right. spent right. Yeah. on the website, but that's our own team. Yeah. Um, but obviously we can use Nevada because we are. <laughs> but, um, really that was an interactive demo platform is the cost. Got it. And, and then if you had to sort of just for anyone looking to implement it, just give a ballpark of maybe Nevada or uh, anyone else, like just a broad range of what to expect there. Yeah. And we actually have like pricing on our website. So if you want to check that out, but probably around like 6k um, and depends what you're looking for, right? Like if you're looking to just get started with something really quick and simple, there are options that are all like screenshot based that aren't the full HTML CSS capture that are a little less expensive. So it's not like you have to kind of start with the full thing. It's there are ways to experiment with just I always say, like, just try adding a little more product content on your website, even if it's more GIFs, even if it is more just images to start, just like adding more product content you're going to see is going to help as far as educating leads and the, that MQL to operate. Yeah, understood. And and this, then just the two last questions, I guess, right? So one is you then ran on ads to the same audience. Uh, did you just build that audience based on, did you add the pixel to the product? Did you just look at, anyone who has that UTM, like how did you build that audience? 
We actually have a tracking feature so we can see which accounts are going through your interactive demo um, powered by like clear bit tracking. Okay. So you can say, okay, I know these accounts are going through and then I sent those accounts to HubSpot, sort of matched them with my ICP, sent them to LinkedIn from HubSpot using audiences. Again, did another layer of like persona matching. So that's how I can make sure, okay, not only the accounts, but the personas in that account yeah. that I know that matter. And I know uh, every person in that account also went through the interactive demo, mm -hmm. but hopefully there's some talk about it. There's some knowledge of it, especially if it's a more mid-market account. So then, you know, multiple people on the team, when it comes up and someone says, hey, I'm looking at Nevadic, multiple people could be like, oh yeah, I saw some ads from them. I know what that is. Yeah. Interesting. That That's actually very cool. So um, if you... So you mentioned that you had to go through a couple of rounds of, you, you had to rebuild it essentially, right? So what were some things that you found that, hey, this is, some, if I just knew this, I would do this from the start, from the get-go or some tips when doing something like this that you messed up or others mess up and then we should keep in mind. I was so guilty of doing this and it's one of the biggest thing I coach. I always say interactive demos, it's not like a how-to, it's a story and you're showing the outcomes. And the first time I built it, it was definitely like, look at this feature, click here to see this feature, look at this other feature. Um, and that's not it. It should be like, hey, this is the value of what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And now we have it laid out in like a step-by-step -step process of like, here is the steps to build the demo, not here's how to use our platform. Yeah. So that that was something I was guilty of. I did myself, but think of it more of a story than like a how-to. Mm -hmm. Understood. And th that's the biggest thing that you want to look at. And then uh, I'm sure you get or like a lot of people will think through this, right? So let's say if you have to 6, 6K for a product like this, there might be ROI, but still a significant investment. Uh, so, and then the alternate alternatives could be, let's say the lowest cost alternative would be screenshots. Then there are GIFs and then videos. And then I guess it's something like an interactive demo. So how would you say who, who should do what essentially I, th I think everyone should showcase the product mm. if you have a product company and you're not showcasing your product that's uh, you should not be allowed to exist but then <laughs> i'm just being mean but yeah uh, but if, if you had to do this who do you think should showcase the product via uh, images and who should do it via uh, something like an interactive demo yeah, I'd say like we hear a lot from startups that maybe are like pre-product or don't, you know, their UI is like constantly changing the early days. Then, you know, screenshots or like more graphic design of your product might be okay because if it's constantly changing, this is something you'd have to update like weekly. That might not make the most sense. Um, like screenshots might be the best bet then. I think what's a really good fit if, if your UI and how simple your product is, is a differentiator, then you really want to show the actual UI and the feel of using the product. Like we often hear companies say, you know, we know that our ease of use or the fact that this particular workflow is a big differentiator for us, but it's really hard to show off and explain until someone does it. I think that's a case where you want kind of the full look and feel clone of the product. But if you're newer, getting started, figuring it out, I think screenshots are fine. And I also say too, you can always start with screenshots. And if you see success, it'll work your way up. Yeah, makes sense. So is there anything that I asked that I that I haven't asked that you think I should have? I don't think anything you asked. I think a good clarifying point I mm -hmm. wanted to go back to before, because you yeah. mentioned the MQL to operate, you know, jumping on a first call, doing discovery, then giving a demo. Another thing that the interactive demos let us do is we actually demo on the first call. And this is also just always built into our sales process. But I think that's also helped include that or increase the MQL to operate because 
it's not like we're making this person get on multiple calls to see the yeah. product. They've seen it. And then on the first call, since we know they have an understanding of it, we can then go into demo and not worry about like wasting our sales team time. Th that's actually a very interesting point. I, I did not, I hadn't thought of that at all because if they've already gone through the product and they still have scheduled the demo, that's very low chance that they won't be a good fit. Yeah, that, that's definitely, how do you manage, and I know this is not exactly what you were discussing, but how do you manage companies that maybe just cannot afford Navatic or, you know, companies that are too small or any anything like that in a process like this? Because I think that, that's the primary reason a lot of companies have a discovery before of ops, or is it because of the source of your traffic that you don't need to do it? I will say we do like a blend disco discovery. And if someone puts in the, you know, in the description of the call notes, like before they sign up for the live demo, like, Hey, I just want to talk about pricing. We'll start the conversation with pricing. And then if it doesn't make sense, we'll end the call early. That's part of it too. Like we try to start the call with what needs to get addressed and then dive in. But we also do have a startup plan. And I think it's really, you know, kind of what I mentioned before, like just education on if you don't have a product with a built out UI yet, just a little bit of education of like, hey, this might not be the best fit for you yet, but I'll tell you a little bit about it when it's down the line, but I won't make you sit on a whole 30 minute call. We can talk about it for five minutes and then go about our day. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. And then, so I think the last thing that I'd want you to do, and this is a fun bit, could you maybe give a 30 second pitch of Novatic or a one minute pitch of Novatic to anyone listening and why they should get it and from where? Yeah, I think the easiest way to describe it is try before you buy for software, basically exactly what we've been talking about, right? Like if you want to give your prospects a chance to quickly understand your product, get more educated, not waste your sales team time, um, you can use this on websites or also just like send it earlier in the sales cycle if you're not ready to put it on your website yet, but just giving prospects basically what they want, a little more product information up front. Nice. And uh, th that's perfect. I really appreciate this and if anyone wants to find you uh, talk to you ask a couple of questions where should they go yeah not surprisingly linkedin um some of the experiments i mentioned like the uh one the retargeting one i post that type of stuff on linkedin so if you have any questions feel free to reach out happy to talk yeah and natalie is one of the easiest people to speak with she's very warm and inviting when you do so i would definitely recommend you do that so so. Oh, that just made my day. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the TLDR podcast. In case you're wondering, Spear Growth is a marketing agency. We help B2B SaaS companies like yourself with ads and SEO. Check out our website at speargrowth.com. That is S-P-E-A-R-G-R-O-W-T-H.com. Just like this, every episode starts with a one-minute summary of what we discuss. Pick the next episode to listen to based on what you can implement right away. And after you implement any of these tactics and see an impact, we'd appreciate you drop us a note on podcast at spiagrod.com.